Hello and welcome to Maru Podcast. Maru is the Welsh word for death and this podcast is all about death, but not real dying. It's something much worse. I'm comedian Katie Gill-Williams and I'm obsessed with stories of dying on your arse, dying on your hoop, tanking, killing the room, eating shit. However it's described, it's that moment all comedians experience. And I get to interview those who have lived to tell the tale. So join me as I ask comedians to recount their worst gigs, what they learned, where did it all go wrong? And crucially, how do they keep going? If you do comedy, watch comedy, or if you're just generally disturbed and enjoy someone else's cringe, then listen as we delve into the world of comedy deaths. to bring you Rachel Fairburn this week. She's funny, acutely observant and just actually bang on about everything she says. What's incredible about Rachel is how she is uniquely just in her own voice. It's all there and not in a way that goes, oh, she says what she thinks and doesn't care. But in a way that's like she does say what she thinks, but it's relentlessly funny and on point. I also got to see Rachel at her new show, Showgirl. It was at Manchester Opera House. And let me tell you, she filled that stage. Honestly, for someone so petite, she just lit up the whole room. And it's a big old room. And it wasn't just the outfit. She was incredible. I went with a pal and we were both talking about it afterwards and just in awe of just the energy and the amount of jokes. We just laughed solidly for an hour and now here she is with me being funny about her experiences on the circuit and of course that all-important death enjoy no one wants to hear about the good times no one wants to hear how well it went and how much they laughed and how someone got a standing ovation we want to hear about oh they died on their ass like oh tell me everything this is brilliant yeah yeah all the whatsapp groups pinging afterwards oh yeah brilliant love it I'd hate my name to float around one of them. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's weird I would hate it as well. Although I think, I like to think that we've got enough self-awareness that that we'd be fine with it, that we'd go, that happened Mm. and I can laugh at it now. Some people don't have the, some people don't know when they're dying. That's the. That is so true. That's an incredible thing to watch. Do you know when you're dying? Is that something you've learned? I I always had an awareness. I mean, to be honest with you, when I started out, because I was so nervous, and, and like, I had no confidence in myself. I just thought I was dying all the time, even when I'd done well. So I, I would all, and I still, to an extent, when I've done well, I still come off and go, yeah, but, you know, didn't like that. That wasn't good. Missed that bit out. Didn't like the way I said that. And then also I've had gigs where the audience are really enjoying it. And I think, are you fake laughing? Are you taking the mickey out of me? Are you taking the piss or what? Because mm. that ain't that funny. So <laughs> we're all paranoid. But I have. It's really weird. There is a feeling that I've had, that I get. There's two feelings, actually. One, 
where before I go on, I know that it's going to be really good because I get a, it's like everything's aligned and I get a certain sort of feeling like in my stomach and my, and my adrenaline. I'm like, oh, that's that good mix of uh, this is going to be great. And that happens like sporadically. It doesn't happen all the time. But there is another feeling that I get, and it's usually when you've started and you're on stage, that you go, oh, fuck. Oh, dear. Hang on a minute. I'm going to die here if I don't do something about it. And it, it's a very strange, it's like your stomach's dropping. Um, It's not, not like you're on a roller coaster. It's a different version of that. It's a very specific feeling, and I can't really describe it, but when I get it, I know. And you think you're going to die, and then you, luckily now, after doing this for so many years, you, you tend to have the skills not to touch mm. wood. And So I'm very superstitious about this because I've got a gig tonight and talking about this, and like even talking about other people dying on stage, when I'm at a gig, if somebody says, oh, God, did you hear about so-and-so the other week? I'm like, please tell me after. Don't yeah. tell me now. Because I just see it as bad karma. That's so funny. But it's really interesting that you said now you've got the tools to deal with it because yes, I'm so new that I... So when I had my worst one, that's etched in my mind because I was panicking going, well, this is all I fucking got. So you're, you're just <laughs> yes. going to have to have it. And the bit where you think, oh, this is, I think that stomach drop bit is when, you know, you have a bit that's worked a lot. So you feel quite confident in it. And when that doesn't land and you're like, fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh God. It's like, it's like you've jumped out of the plane and the parachute's not working. Yeah. Oh my God. All your equipment's failed. When you start out, you do all kinds of, I think it's quite different now because I'm not sure if those gigs exist as much anymore. You know, those, you know, you, you finish work you get in a car share with three other comedians and you go to Newcastle on a Tuesday evening, you know, or just outside Newcastle. And it's a pub in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I remember there was one and it was at Barnard Castle, which of course we all know where Barnard Castle is now because of Dominic Cummings got to get his eyes tested in the pandemic. Mm. Well, I remembered it for a different reason, which is because one of the worst gigs I ever did in my life was there. And it was, it was just a room above a pub. I'd gone there with a couple of other acts from Manchester. There was a, a dog in the audience who was the nicest audience member. But the the guy on the front row was giving me such a hard time. And I can't even remember what he was saying. He was just being really sort of, you know, unpleasant. And then when I came off, it turns out that he was the landlord oh. of the pub who'd booked the comedy night and actually said these words, I'm never going to have another split arse on the bill. What's a split ass? It's a derogatory term for a woman. <laughs> oh shit! For you, fro- oh shit! Oh my god! That fucking you sound lovely. But also, do I want someone like that to enjoy what I do? Not really. You no. Know? <laughs> Other times that I've I've done really badly. Again, I've just been because I've been too new to be on at the gig that I'm on at, or I've just not been confident I've not got the experience or the giggy shit you know or the audience are unpleasant there's something else that I don't think we talk about enough you know don't blame the audience well sometimes it's the audience and I'm sorry to say this you have a collection of people who are just bloody awful this is why I will never ever gig in Buxton ever again never all the Buxtodians off yeah yeah because that one person because what happened was it was you know the promoter Agraman what he does sometimes is he he tends to have sort of uh, acts that you wouldn't see anywhere else. Not in a bad way, just in a, well, that's a bit different. And there was a guy on spinning plates before me. Right? <laughs> the audience no. really enjoyed Yeah, the audience <laughs> enjoying that. And I was very new. 
And I, I went on, I didn't have a very good time. And afterwards, it was when I still smoked, and I went outside and I was having a cigarette, and one of the other acts, and the other act, this guy came over, and he said, oh, yeah, you're great, you. We're going to see you on TV one day, yeah. You, I don't know why you're bothering. And I just went, I just said, who the fuck do you think you're speaking to, you? I said, do you know how rude that is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the other, the other act has never been on TV. Yeah. So let, there you go. He was Shows wrong. what he knew. He was wrong. But I, it was just that thing of like, the only control I've got here is that I never come back to this place to gig and I never will. Yeah. Well, that might be slandered no for me. Oh, really? Yeah, 20 full minutes of silence. Listen, the curse. That's another thing. I yeah. I have one. Go it's, on. It's my friend. It's my friend of mine as well. It's Danny McLaughlin. Oh, really? Yeah, Danny. Really good friend of mine. In fact, he's the person that I've known longest in comedy. So yeah. I think I met Danny on like my third gig. So I've known him a long time. We're good mates. He's my curse. Not so much now, yeah. but he used to be. In the past, any gig, if I found out he was on, I was like, for fuck's sake. I just never had a good gig when Danny was on. And if he, even if he was comparing, because he's a brilliant compare, there was it was just every single time, every time. And it, isn't it awful when they're your friend as well? Well, that is awful, but I've had very similar experiences with Danny. Um, Have you? I did my first Christmas gig in December in Stockport and I was emceeing and Justin Morehouse was on. Everyone was just there for Justin Morehouse. Everyone was cunted and I was... I was so shit, Rachel. So shit. <laughs> no. and like every, every time I got up, it, I could I felt like a collective sigh of like, oh, it's her again. It was horrible. And then I've done Garden Social, and afterwards, Danny was like, not feeling it tonight, mate. And I was like, definitely died on my ass then. Um, oh, fucking hell! Yeah. What That's is him. it? Is it him? It's him. It's not us. So yeah. Buxton is your like your, your location. Yep. Danny's your curse. Yep. So if I was on in Buxton with Danny, no chance, no chance, mate. Cancelled. No, <laughs> wouldn't even be putting that in my diary. No. no. And this has got to be the one that I I think is the worst of all time. Okay. It it was. Look at you leaning in now. She's here. <laughs> I'm ready in- for a bedtime story. <laughs> she look at her. This has got to be it. So and and it's weird when you think about this because. I always think, yeah, that wasn't a great gig. That wasn't a great gig. I found that one really annoying. But this is the one where I'm, I'm like, why did that even happen? So it was a, it was in Withenshaw in South Manchester. Of course, Withenshaw is a, a big council estate. Um, no shade there. I'm from a council house myself. And I thought, great, you know, let's go and do this. It was a charity gig, in inverted commas. And I can't remember what the charity was. But I got a book for it. There was me and another act. And I can't remember the other act's name. He's, he's quit now. He doesn't do it anymore. Uh, Scott. <laughs> because, probably because of his gig. Scott, um, oh, I can't remember his second name. Lovely lad. But <laughs> I got there. And it was just, it was a like a the, the um, social club on the estate. It was the, the hall in there. Yeah. There was ki- kids running around. There was families. Oh, no. There were uh, older people younger people there was the whole sort of uh reflection of everybody that lived on on the estate and there was a dj blasting out music flashing lights and this this again it was early in the evening this was like six seven o'clock so i get there and i'm like oh my god what is this so i went onto the uh dance floor oh, had no. to uh <laughs> interrupt the uh <laughs> the the sort of disco that was going on for the children so there was kids dancing 
So let's go on and uh, introduce myself. That oh, hello, I'm just going to do some comedy for you. I'm stood there and I'm doing these jokes and they're just all looking at me. And I could just remember there was a table of older women who were just eating some cake, just looking at me. You know, you see like, it was very much like the Phoenix Night sort of vibe yeah. in there, which again, I've got no issue with because I've done gigs in places like that and they've been brilliant. Mm. But they this, this just did not fit in. I was an interruption to their sort of whatever was going on. No MC? No. A DJ? No, yeah, I, I I don't know what it was. Children, old people, young people, a, a, yeah. a cake. I don't know what it was. To this day, I still don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's the setup, isn't it? It's the, yeah. again. It, it it wasn't necessarily me. It was the the conditions. It was that the audience didn't want me. I wasn't for them. I mean, I might have been if it was a different scenario if they're expecting comedy, but they weren't. You know. Yeah. So, but again, it's that that thing of like. If, if comedy isn't set up properly, it's humiliating. <laughs> is there is there a, any example where you think that was me? It, it has been me sometimes. I, I've ha- I think I've had it where I've, I've compared and they've not taken to me, and and I find that quite. I don't mind if if I'm doing a set and they've not taken to me, and, and you can sort of. But when you compare and you're responsible for all the other acts, aren't you? So you yes. feel bad then. You feel well. You hate me, and but also when you come in, you've got to go back on, haven't you? You're like, yeah, oh yeah. god, like you were saying, you're like, you, you come off, you introduce you out there having a good gig, and you have this moment of relief, and then you go, oh fuck, I've got to go back out there now. Mm. But I've had it where, you know, I thought I'm the wrong person for the, the gig, and it, again, it's the it's like, well, I can only do what I do. I, I tell you what, this this is a phrase that I, I if you hear me utter this sentence on stage, mm. I am. Um, not happy okay <laughs> I cannot if, if you hear me say it a gig I can only do what I do right if you hear me say that I'm struggling going right? to I'm struggling I'm aware that what I'm doing is not for them I'm aware but at least I'm letting them know <laughs> that yeah, I know yeah. and I think once you do that it breaks the tension yeah and you can get it back you know you, you can but I often find that when people, a gig hasn't gone well, and it has been me, because I'm sounding like I'm constantly deflecting here and it's never my fault, but it's always been for the reason of, you know, you might have told someone to shut up and they've taken it the wrong way. Or like, can you be quiet and someone's been arsy about it? Because it, 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 it's quite weird, because a lot of the time in comedy, you are the, the only sober person in a room full of drunk people. Yeah. It's like you're you're the most in control in that room, and sometimes you can't control what's going on but I don't know I mean sometimes it's me you know I think sometimes you can go into a gig with a bad attitude I think you can go in with you know I mean I always think that they're going to hate me that that's my default position they're going to hate me even now don't know don't know no idea I was thinking oh these people are going to hate me it's like I'm doing a preview tonight Mm. and all I said yesterday to my boyfriend Tim I said I said, listen, let, let me utter this so that when I come back from this tomorrow, you'll tell me that I was right. I said, I'm doing a preview tomorrow and I don't think they're going to like me. I think the audience are a bit tricky and I don't think the venue is for me. And he mm-hmm. went, right, okay, I'll remind you of that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I've done it out there. You know, I approach things, everything with trepidation, you know, because the worst is people can say to you, this gig is brilliant. 
you're going to have a great time at this gig. It's the best gig. Everyone loves it. And then you go and you, you don't have the greatest time. You're like, oh, well, it's me then. Because that's yeah. happened as well. Do you know what that sounds like? So if I say I go out for a run and it's somewhere remote, I'll preempt being murdered. And then it's like, if I've preempted it, it's not going to happen because I've thought about it. There you go. This is it. This so, is it. You're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But then if it does happen, you go, well, told you so. There you go. Yeah. There you go. It's control, isn't it? It's just having a yeah. bit of control of the situation. When I'm emceeing, I always think, I'm always jealous of the acts who are doing a set because I'm always like, oh, I just, I don't know, you just want to practice that all the time, especially yeah. at my stage. Yeah. Um, well, I do, you're doing the right thing, though, because I do wish, because, I, you know, you suffer terribly with nerves and anxiety about stand-up and it, oh, God, all day I'd be nervous about the gig, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, it absolutely ruined my life. But I... I wish, and you're doing this right, I wish I'd have started comparing earlier on in my in the career because I think I would have uh, found it more enjoyable now and I'd have learnt, you, you'd have got the, you get the skills a lot quicker and you get more bookings because, you know, this, this, I get jealous of people and like doing sets when I'm comparing because I just think, oh, you can just go home now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I hate... I hate that last bit of, you know, the headline act goes on, you sit through the headline act, and then you just go on and say, round of applause for all the acts you've seen. How pointless is that last bit? Mm. It's so pointless. I've just sat there for 30 minutes. I could have just been on the bus home. Well, when I died so hard in Stockport, Justin Morehouse went, I'll finish it off for you. In a very oh, way that I was like, <laughs> yeah. And then he caught me in his car on the, I was in a McDonald's right the <laughs> because he was like oh you've got a long drive and I was like yeah what was the problem what was it that night was it just not Uh, do you know what if I blame on myself which I tend to do actually a lot I would say sometimes when you're MC and you're a bit complacent and a bit like just chatting and they were just it was Christmas like loads of teachers were in the corner wasted and they just didn't really want to talk so no one was giving me anything um, right. See, this is it. Christmas. Yeah. I hate Christmas gigs. I have got a note in my diary that is like Christmas. Oh, Hannah Oldman that does my booking. She's brilliant. It just says, "Would rather not work unless it's for really good money." Yeah. No one wants to do Christmas. It's a totally different kettle of fish. Mm. It's um, you're not. No one's smashing a Christmas gig. No mm. one's going out there going, "What a you know." It's like, even if you're doing your own tour show at Christmas, I don't think you'd... People just buy tickets because they think it's just a comedy night. I do not think Christmas gigs should ever be your benchmark of how you did. You you there we did... You compared a difficult gig of annoying people. So yeah. I don't think it was you. I think it was them. And Danny was on. Fucking there you go. Those <laughs> <Bloody> old <laughs> cursed McLaughlin. Have you got, you know, when you do the risk assessment when you walk into a room, oh, have you got God, any yeah. room where you're like, nah, this is going to be shit just from that? Yeah. Uh, if I go into a gig and it's an art centre, fine. But if that gig is in the cafe of the art centre and if I see a cake stand, I think, fuck this. <laughs> if I go in, if I do a gig and it's in the evening and people are having tea and cake, yeah. fuck this. Why? Because <laughs> it's just the wrong atmosphere in it. It's not. It's really tall. You, know, you just need a bit of, I don't know, it needs to be, 
if there is light coming in from the outside, close the fucking curtains. Yeah. I want it, you know, here's a, here's a great example of it done well. Northampton, the um, comedy crates, I don't know if you've ever done any of their gigs, lovely people. They did a pre afternoon of previews the other Saturday, uh, sunny day outside, you know, the the room was brilliant, the curtains were closed properly, it felt like you were in, a, you, it felt like, yeah, it might be light outside, might be three in the afternoon, but this feels like nighttime, we're watching comedy. Close the curtains. Don't have a sofa at the fucking front. Do not give these people comfy chairs. Don't give them comfy chairs. Don't, um, you know, there's so many factors that just, don't give them comfy chairs, but also don't give them those wooden chairs with the um, silver legs that scratch every time somebody fucking moves, you know? Um, this is a real pet hate of mine. And there's nothing that can be done about it because it's becoming more commonplace. People eating when comedy's on. How yeah. rude are you? You know, have your tea before the gig. And you're trying to do your set and there's someone shoving a bit of pizza in the gob. You just yeah. think, do you know how how ill-mannered that is? Have you any idea? Um, do you know what it is? That... I think it's because it's really disrespectful to the fact that and I think audiences don't realise you've sat and written some of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Worked it out and you might make it look effortless, but it's really fucking bogged your mind for a long time. Think about this. So if, I think this is still true. The, the two main fears that human beings have are number one, death. Number two, public speaking. Or it might be the other way around. Public speaking might be more of a fear than death. Mm. Have some respect. Mm. You know, if they're the two biggest fears, you wouldn't go when the funeral's on or, or when you go to view someone's body in the chapel arrest. You wouldn't eat pizza while you're doing that, would you? Right? Because mm -hmm. that's one of your fears. So when someone's on stage doing stand-up comedy, one of your fears, no doubt, one of the biggest fears humans can have, public speaking, don't sit there shoving your pizza in your face. Mm -hmm. Sit and listen and enjoy it. I, I hate it when the comedy's secondary. Do you know what I mean? When it's secondary yeah, to the... Yeah, when it's secondary to the night out or it's secondary to the 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 beer offers or, you know, that kind of thing, it's that's when it's a problem. Mm. So so many factors of things that when I walk in, I go, oh, fucking hell. Like, it happened the other day. I mean, I thought, it's funny because I thought, you know, there's certain things that, you know, when you start out, you go, and then years down the line, you go, oh, I've never seen, I've not done a gig like that in ages, which means hopefully you've progressed. But I did one the other day and I was like, well, this, could this is going to be awful I mean am I failing what's happening mm -hmm. and it, it was in a, a chain pub mm -hmm. it had a DJ on there was drinks offers yeah it they had noisy music and I'm thinking oh god this is awful this is awful it was a great gig so it just goes to show sometimes you can be wrong what what do you do when you see someone die you know like afterwards how do you handle because I just I don't know if this is right, the etiquette or whatever, but I just sit and just stare down and try. Just... You can't, yeah. I'm a coward. Yeah, I'm yeah. A coward. yeah. I won't say anything. Yeah. I'll just... and the worst is, you know, I mean, you all know, you don't need to tell them. They don't no. need you to, to reaffirm what's just happened. But it, you, you just sort of, it's a smile and the nod. Yeah. The worst think... is, and I've not heard this for a long time, how do you think that went? Ooh. 
yeah I, i've had that how do you think that went well yeah. how do you fucking think i think yeah, yeah um yeah. the best thing to do is you know say nothing to them and then get on the whatsapp groups and tell everyone else the, the best the best death i saw was actually online um during the edinburgh fringe this year so basically so you know next up the streaming service yeah yeah they they, they stream a lot of uh, they do there's comedy specials on there all the rest of it and they sometimes stream shows live from places like the Edinburgh Fringe or whatever. Mm. And a friend of mine, uh, I was, because I, obviously I was, in, I was at the Fringe last year for the entire thing. Another friend of mine was up there and I messaged him. I said, oh, what are you up to? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm doing Late and Live tomorrow, which is the notorious, not as notorious as it used to be, notorious late night gig at the Gilded Balloon, which I did once and I fucking hated every second of it. It's basically just a load of pissed up people. Um, at like one in the morning and quite frankly I want to be in bed by then so I don't do it anymore so he said I'm doing late and live tomorrow so I'm just watching it on the um, next upstream it's live so I was like oh I said do you know what I'm gonna join you <laughs> so I got on next up and I was watching it as well now Tanya Moore who's brilliant was the MC. Tanya is probably one of the best MCs around she's she's just got it everything's fun you know she she's just great mm. she invited this, this she introduced this particular act and boy oh boy <laughs> did this act misjudge the entire room Woo! dear me i was uh bear in mind i'm watching this lying on my bed in my accommodation in edinburgh i had the duvet like over my head going ah this is awful and i was like i couldn't believe what i was seeing it was horrendous to the point of, he was trying. The guy was trying to throw somebody out. The, uh, the comedian was like, "You need to lead to this person." Everyone's like, "No, let him stay." <laughs> right? and, and then well, it was just. And then the worst is, so I'm, and I had to turn. I, I was like, "Oh, I, I can't." But then I was like, "I need to see what happens. How does the compare deal with this?" What happened was he went off, and uh, Tanya came back on. And she was like, okay, we're going to reset. We're going to reset this gig. Reintroduce me onto the stage. Says that, so she starts the gig again. I was like, whew. She saved that was it. A, she saved it. That was an amazing way to do it. But I would fucking hate to have to be the person that causes that to happen. Because the act that was on before the act that died had done really well. So it was just completely misjudged. And I'm watching it and I'm, and I'm sort of texting, you know, messaging my friend going, oh my God. And then the worst was I'm walking up the street the next day and I bump into the act that I've seen die on its ass. <laughs> and I was like, hey, how are you? They don't know that I've seen them on the thing. They don't know that you know. I, they don't know that I know. And I just was like, how's everything going? Yeah, great. I thought, well, not that great. I only saw it last night. <laughs> Imagine if they were like, yeah, absolutely stormed late in live last night. Oh, can you imagine? And I wouldn't put it past people. Also, Harry Hill, and I think this is excellent advice. Harry Hill said in an interview I read with him years ago, if it's going well, get off. If it's not going well, get off. I don't, <laughs> understand. I don't understand this. Of course, you're booked to do your time, but you're also booked to entertain an audience. So I don't understand when it is going so badly, this commitment to, to having to do your 20, 
yeah. if they're not enjoying you, admit defeat sometimes, I think, and be like, do you know what? I'm not for you. And then let the compare come back on and do another 10 if yeah. you really want to. I just don't understand. And what happens as well, and you've probably seen this, sometimes an actor can be doing so badly, they overrun because they're trying to get they're trying to get something. They're trying to get something back. You know, they want a laugh. They want something to leave on. And it's just not working. So, yeah, if it's going well, get off. If it's going badly, get off. <laughs> yeah, just don't get up. <laughs> Comedy is really hard. It, people think it's very easy. Because fundamentally, most people are funny, I think. Like, everyone's made able to make somebody laugh. But I think that... Um, so I often say to my boyfriend, I'd love to watch him do five minutes of stand-up. I love it. Go on. Write five minutes, I'll find you a gig. Come on. Come on. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, I, I couldn't I couldn't do it, but I think I could do it. But I'm like, come on then, mate. Let's get you on that stage. Let's see you. Let's see you get up there like a little rabbit in the headlights, panicking. Because <laughs> it's very different when you're up there, isn't it? You know? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think if somebody... I mean, he's obviously never going to try it, but I think if somebody's so, I could do that. All right, then. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it going to be shit? <laughs> There's two different audiences now. So it's like you've got your tour audience and you've got your, your general audience, um, which is great. But sometimes it's that thing of, you know, you do get in your own head as well, where you might do your tour, you do your tour show, people are coming to see you. And then they laugh too hard at something and you think, hmm, what, it's not you that think... funny. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you get in your own head and you go. Yeah, that is in your head. They're patronising me. Mm. It's weird. Look, you, we're all, there's something wrong with all of us. Yeah, I stand up. There's something wrong. And, I, you know, we're not dangerous. <laughs> no. We're just quite pathetic. I died in front of someone at Sandidno who... So they know Ivo Graham and I really like him. I was like, oh. I know he'll never say that to him. <laughs> I, like now, every time I think of him, I was like, well, he's, I don't know why I worry about that so much, but that thought. Oh, well, listen. I'm going to tell him because I know, I know him as well. You know, I'm going to tell him now. I'm going to message him actually and let him know. <laughs> He'll be like, who the fuck is she? Like, no, just, no, 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 no. Yeah, but, but Ivo's died on stage. Yeah, cool. Ivo's had gigs that, you know, but there you go. It doesn't matter what background you're from. Be be you from a, a council house in North Manchester or from a you've been to Eton. Mm. You do the, you do comedy. You'll die on stage at some point. So there you go. It happens to all of us. That's um, I know, I know. But you just think <laughs> you just don't want to be in a fucking WhatsApp group, I guess, do you? No, 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 no. There you go, Maruheads. That was the wonderful Rachel Fairburn. She's incredible. So funny. And you're in for a treat because she's on tour up until the end of November at theatres across the UK. So get on her website. I'll put a link in the show notes and get a ticket if you can. That's if you can. It's a brilliant show. Um, I love that. And if you're liking them too, you know what to do. Like and subscribe, please. Um, I'll leave you on this. There's a guy out there still using the phrase split ass. Oh, gross.